When it comes to our energy body, our thoughts are electric, our emotions are magnetic, and our words amplify. You're listening to Press Play with Coach K. I'm your host, Kimberly Monroe. Tune in as I chat with women in wellness about their journeys to entrepreneurship, sharing tips, strategies, and inspiring stories to help you stop waiting and start creating the life and business you've always wanted. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit that subscribe button, drop us a comment, and share with a friend. Okay, let's get into it. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Press Play with Coach K. I am your host, Kimberly Monroe, and I am back at it again. As you guys know, it's, it's been a little bit, and um, 2020 was a doozy of a year, and I'm, I'm really excited to bring my guest to you today. She's just doing some really amazing things. She's got this fantastic positive attitude and this amazing effervescent energy. And so I would like to introduce you all to Tanya Braddock. And Tanya is owner of the Soul Cafe. Tanya, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Kim? I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm great. Um, braving this super unpredictable Texas January weather where I don't know from day to day if I should wear shorts or mittens. So maybe I should get some of those Bernie Sanders mittens. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I'm here in uh, Western New York visiting some family and it's about 12 degrees. So I could really use some of those mittens myself. Oh, okay. So then I officially will not complain about, um, about the weather here because it's not, it definitely is not that cold. You and I both met in Florida. So we understand what January is, how hot they can be. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, people like look at me like, how are you cold? I'm like, you have to remember, like I'm a Florida girl at heart. So it doesn't really matter, you know, what your perception of cold is. Mine is, and I grew up in South Florida. So it's like a totally different ball game for sure. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so interesting thing about how you and I know each other. Um, we, we, and I still work full-time in the donation and transplant world. And I, I was reminded just yesterday as I met with my team of just what an amazing opportunity it is to show up for work every day and do work that literally changes people's lives. Because I think that not everyone gets a chance to do that. And so even on the days where I'm stressed out, my calendar is ridiculous, and my inbox is full of unread emails. I get that reminder and it charges me. And so you came out of the organ donation world. And before we get into what you currently do, can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So yeah, my background was a lot in grief, loss, death and dying. I worked uh, as a, a director for hospice in, in Orlando, and then I worked for a blood bank for a while. And then about, you know, roughly 15 years, I worked in organ and tissue donation and transplantation. So absolutely, I've, uh, you know, working on those, those front lines there in the trauma centers mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the emergency departments really firsthand seeing a lot of uh, heavy emotions yeah. and a lot of physical and emotional suffering. So mm. that's definitely an area that I saw. But like you said, there was a lot of reward that came from that. So working with those families in that very difficult time through their grief and loss mm -hmm. and watching them give in a way that was just so selfless 
to allow others a second chance at life was just, it, it was so rewarding and mm-hmm. such an excellent, I guess, path for me to choose, you know, throughout part of my journey. And, and then to kind of see where I am today, all of those building blocks that I learned at that time have kind of brought me to where I am now. You, you referred to your, your journey and it's interesting. I would imagine because I was surprised, even though you and I had not, we worked for organizations that were partner organizations and we oftentimes, um, worked with the same donor families and the same donation cases, you on the Oregon side and me on the cornea side, because at that time I was working for an iBank. And um, when I saw that you were stepping away from your role at your previous organization, I gotta be honest, I was shocked. And I can imagine that you probably got that response from a lot of other folks who've, who've known you for far longer than I have. So tell us a little bit about what made you decide to leave work that is very rewarding, but I'm sure also has a, a heaviness and a weight to it. And, and what led you to, to do what you're currently doing? Yeah, definitely. So like I said, working in, you know, for nearly 15 years in, in organ donation, it, uh, it got to a point, you know, I'm looking at maybe the last two years, it, it did, it got really heavy, it got very demanding. And it took a physical toll on me, not only emotionally, of course, but it began to take a physical toll on me. And then I began to kind of go along my own path uh, on the side, you know, while I was still working there and start to realize that I needed to clean up how I felt physically. With the the hours of the job, we were working nonstop around the clock, many, many late nights, early mornings, having to go do educational programs at 3 a.m. to the, you know, to the night shift staff, seeing a lot of um, just really heavy hearts at the hospitals. It kind of led me to learn more about my energetic system and how I would pick up the energy of others. And I didn't really realize this at the time. I was going through some pretty significant physical problems. I I would go to the doctor. He would tell me I had fibromyalgia and I just would not accept that. I was like, no, I, I'm not taking, you know, this diagnosis on. I am just, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure this out myself. And as I began to kind of pretty much use myself as a guinea pig, you know, with homeopathic remedies and different emotional techniques and things that were natural and and holistic. I mean, I grew up in Western New York where there's a lot of Amish community here and they do a lot of natural medicine and holistic approaches to things. So we kind of grew up, I'm not, I, I didn't grow up Amish, but we grew up around them. I learned a lot from that. I learned, you know, how to do things naturally. And so I kind of took that approach later in life and said, how can I do this? How can I heal my body of all of this pain, this burning and, and, you know, insomnia, I was just having so much stress at the time. And what I, when I say the word stress, I began to realize that 95% of my issues were due to stress. And as I take, took a look at my, my life and what was going on in it, my work was about 90%, you know, of that. I was not having a nice balance with my work and in my personal life. So I kind of had to take a step back and I began to go to these different healing retreats 
And I, I, I dabbled a little bit in Ayurvedic medicine, which is an ancient uh, Indian medicine. I dabbled a little bit in energy healing. I just began to kind of go to all these different conferences on the weekends and yoga. I did a lot of yoga and I began to learn a lot, you know, through that process. And what I learned was a concept called energy medicine or energy healing. And many of us in school, we, you know, we learn about the circulatory system, the skeletal system, the, you know, all the different and working in organ donation. We had a very, you know, especially you, I remember you doing presentations and the words that you were using, you know, <laughs> to cornea donation. I'm like, I have never even heard that word. I have to Google that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but you're, even when you were working in placenta, I mean, I learned so much from that, but when it comes to our energetic system, we don't really learn about that, but it is right. there just because we can't see it. It's like the air that we breathe, right? Sure. We, we don't see it, but we know it's there. We have a very powerful energetic system. And when you're working in a hospital uh, setting, like, like you and I, you know, were, are, we pick up things in our energetic right. body and that can affect us emotionally and physically. So Absolutely. yeah, as I began to learn more about this, I learned about different healing modalities that, that would work with the energetic system, like healing touch, uh, Reiki, uh, EFT tapping, which stands for emotional freedom technique. I learned about the emotion code and applied kinesiology or better known as muscle testing. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a means to communicate with our subconscious mind and our, and our innate body, mm -hmm. and it will give us the answers that it needs to heal. We have these beautiful mechanisms that know how to heal naturally if put in the right environment and given the right uh, ingredients per se to heal. So let me ask you this. So, you know, I think about the science of donation and the work that goes on behind the scenes is a completely different conversation. You know, I've been a registered donor since I was 19 years old, had no clue everything that it takes to make donation happen behind the scenes on the, on the medical and on the scientific side. And that was definitely a huge learning curve for me. Was there any point in your transition from that workspace to what you're currently doing that ever felt at odds? Like, because, you know, you've used a lot of words that to some people, it sounds spacey. You know, she's talking about tapping into my energy and healing bodies and, you know, energy and frequencies. And, you know, to some people, it, it sounds kind of far out there. Did you encounter, I guess, two questions. Was there a, an easy sort of merger of what you already knew to be true and the things that you were learning that were also true? No, that's my first question. And then my second question is, what resistance did you encounter along the way from people who maybe, for lack of a better words, don't buy into what it is that you currently practice? Absolutely. And I, I think a lot of it is that conflict between Eastern and Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And us in the United States are very, very kind of been, for lack of a better word, programmed to think that there's only one way to heal the body, right? Where if you look back into ancient ancient times, Egypt and, you know, all the way back, they have had many, many natural remedies and, and herbs and, and Bach flowers and all of these different things that they have used that have been very successful. 
over time. So I think for me, a lot of it was I was in so much pain that I was willing to try anything. I was willing to try, like you said, the, the far out there, spacey, woo woo, whatever you want to say. I was willing to try whatever it was to take the pain away. I was in so much pain in my lower back and my, my body was just burning that, and I, and those modern medicines were not, they were not working for me. I did give those a shot. I did give those a try. And then I started to wean myself off of them because they just weren't working for me. So I knew deep down in my heart and my soul, I had to try something different. And at the time I didn't care what people thought, honestly, I really didn't. It was my journey and I was willing to open up and try some of these things. So, you know, when it comes to EFT tapping, it's very scientifically proven. It works with both the right and left hemispheres of the brain. And, you know, when we worked in donation, we talked a lot about brain death and the brain stem. I learned a lot about the, the, the brain and how it functions. Uh, but what it, I didn't learn about in, you know, working in donation was the, the power of the subconscious mind and understanding that our subconscious runs 90% of our daily activities is run through our subconscious mind on autopilot, right? So when we do, when I was doing the EFT tapping, I began to notice that I could change the, my daily routine and my daily program. And as I began to do that, I noticed things would be released within my physical body. So as I tapped on certain acupressure points, that's what EFT tapping is. You tap on certain points, the form of Chinese medicine. And as you tap on the points and you say things, you are activating both the right and left hemispheres of the brain. So yes, there was a time when, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, I would go to the hospital and share, you know, this with some of the doctors and nurses and some of them, you know, were like, whatever, that doesn't work. And then there were other ones who were like, that's amazing. I want to give that a shot. So it's really to each their own. And it's all about your own personal journey, you know, and where you're at in that journey. And like I said, I was at a point where I was in so much pain emotionally and physically that I was willing to try anything that would just take that, you know, take that away. So I hope that, you know, that answers, answers your question because yes, and I was married to a pharmaceutical rep for 10 mm -hmm. years. So I got to see a lot on that side of the spectrum as well. So it was just, you know, for me, it was very interesting to, to dabble and learn more about herbs and, and Bach flower remedies and uh, how to strengthen your energetic system, which then can enhance and heal your physical and emotional and mental body. They're all, they're all intact. They're all right. Very cohesive. Mm -hmm. And so, so you've talked a lot about how you first learned and tried some of these remedies to deal with your own personal physical pain. And I would also imagine that there was the weight of emotional trauma. You know, on your website, you talk a little bit about compassion fatigue, which I know well, we have a compassion fatigue program at my current place of employment where we work with our, um, you know, hospital staff because they encounter so much, especially when you think about ICU and ER nurses and the weight of caring for patients who die and having to have poor prognosis conversations with families and, you know, sort of taking all of that on. So there's like your, the physical pain from your diagnosis that you got, then there's probably the emotional weight of just the work that you were doing. So as you transition to use those modalities for yourself, talk to me a little bit about how clients started to come to you. Okay. 
So when I was going through all of that physical pain, I began to realize that it was very emotionally based. I was carrying the weight or the burdens of others. And this is very common with people that are known as, you know, for, for better terms, an empath. Okay. So people who have strong empathy, most healthcare workers go into the field because they want to help others. And what happens is you get to a point where you're helping others so much that you don't take a step back and help yourself. And that can lead you to compassion, fatigue, burnout, uh, you know, all those different types of, um, things where you are just so spent that by, because you've been giving so much of yourself to others that you're not, you're not filling your own bank. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like the love bank, you just give, 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 and you're not receiving enough of that. So as I began to learn that and where organ donation kind of came in, when you begin to learn about the emotions and how they get trapped in certain parts of the body, each organ plays a role as to which emotions get trapped. For example, the liver is where anger gets trapped, resentment. When they say you're an angry, angry drunk, right? That's where those emotions get trapped. The kidneys, fear, fear gets trapped in the kidneys. The heart and the lungs are grief and loss and suffering, gallbladders, bitterness, you know, so as you begin to learn each organ and what emotional is, which emotion is attached, it's kind of interesting. Cause when I do work with clients, what comes up is they'll say, I'm having this X, Y, Z problem. And I can kind of attach it to a certain emotion. And then they'll say, well, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Well, let's talk about that. Let's, let's move through that. Right. So as I began to do those for myself, I began to see certain emotions come up. It, there's an amazing book out there by Louise Hay. She's, she's passed away, but she's a phenomenal, uh, she did a lot with emotional work and it's called uh, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, I believe is the name of the book. And it basically has each, you know, a whole list of different ailments or issues and the emotion attached to it. So as you begin to realize that my physical pain is a manifestation of my emotional pain, you can go to the root cause and heal the emotional pain, which then will free up that physical restriction. So as I began to do that, I started to share my story. I got out there. I started a YouTube channel. I started to just kind of share. This is where I was at. This is where I am. Mm -hmm. And as I did that, people were reaching out. Hey, me too. Me too. I have that problem too. I have fibromyalgia too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of funny because as I did that, I, I really didn't have the intent of starting a business. I was just going (laughs) along, healing myself, sharing my story. And then before I knew it, I realized, wow, I'm not the only one suffering, you know, here. So then being the empath that I am, I thought, okay, I can use my testimony to be able to help other people. And as I did that, more and more people started to come and they wanted to learn more about these, these healing modalities. And then I, it just grew. I went, you know, I went from being certified in Reiki to then the emotion code to then EFT tapping and now into beyond quantum healing hypnosis therapy. So as you know, as my journey has progressed, I have learned these modalities and now I'm in a situation where I want to be able to share those modalities with others to allow them to dive deep and start to heal some of those root core issues of why they're experiencing this physical pain. Wow. That that's amazing. And you know, one thing that I have I've certainly learned as I've I've done this podcast is that 
one of the common threads that I see with my guests is the very personal place that their journey comes from. And, you know, identifying a, a gap in their own life or a problem in their own experience that needs to be solved, picking up the tools and the skills to solve those problems for themselves first, and then figuring out how they can solve those problems for other people. And I, I think it's, it's interesting how to some people it's jarring for someone to leave what is seemingly a very secure, comfortable place of employment and to really take a leap essentially using modalities and concepts that quite frankly may not necessarily be palatable for the masses you know but but be encouraged that like you said earlier like to not care what other people think and to know enough to to understand that there are other folks out there who are experiencing a lot of the same things that you are, who need your help. And quite frankly, might not even know it until you start to share what that journey looked like for you. And then all of a sudden somebody can say, oh my goodness, like I can identify with that. And I didn't even know there was a thing out there that could help me. Number one, I didn't even have a name for what I'm experiencing. And then number two, I didn't even know that there was an there was something out there that could help me work through what I'm experiencing. So to that end, how do you make a determination about what modality you use to treat someone who comes to you? Well, a lot of it is, it goes, you know, when I'm working with a client, it basically is just their energy, you know, and I know that sounds wild, but it's how their energy brings it to me. So as I'm working with them, things will just kind of ebb and flow as we go through a session. So, you know, they can go on my website and sign up for something like a specific hypnosis, if that's what they want, or they can sign up for specifically the emotion code. But oftentimes in my personal healing session, it can go from, it can go from tapping to, to emotion code, to different types of, you know, ways that we can work through whatever issue or ailment it is that they're struggling with. So for example, you know, I had one client who was really struggling with sugar cravings. And so we kind of started working through some things and I do what's called applied kinesiology. A lot of chiropractors use it. It's a, it's a means of using muscle, um, kind of, uh, muscle stimulation to get information from the subconscious mind. And so what I do is when I muscle test someone, it'll kind of guide me as to where they need to go to be healed. And as we go through that process, it's, it'll just kind of take you there. And it's, it's quite fascinating when it happens because usually the client is like, how did you even know that? You know, how did, how did we even get there? But then as you heal, it'll get deeper and deeper. So this particular client, like I said, was having sugar cravings. And what we realized is that it stemmed all the way back to the time that she was a child where she would go to the dentist and she, she had anxiety and they would give her a sucker or they would give her a piece of candy. And so what happened is between the time we're born and roughly the age seven, we're in what's called a theta brainwave state. And in that theta state is when we are observing and we are soaking in our environment. We are learning how to uh, adapt in our society. We're learning how to, you know, be, be model citizens, right? You know, by following our parents and those around us. And what happened is that's where we create a lot of our subconscious programming is between the time we're born and age seven. So as we went back and cleared that particular 
program, that stuck program, we were able to see that she was correlating anxiety with sugar and sugar made anxiety better or fear. It made anxiety, you know, made the, the sugar made it better. So as we went back and were able to hone in on that particular childhood situation, we were able to clear that craving. And it was funny because like a week later, she's like, I have not wanted chocolate. I have not wanted candy. It, it's like it went away. So, and that's just one example, you know, of, of things that kind of come up when we're having this. So the way I explain it is the subconscious mind is like a, like a record player. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as your record is playing every now and then you might get a skip. Okay. So the skip could be an addiction. It could be obsessive compulsive disorder. It could, you know, it could be anxiety, whatever that skip is. Most of us want to just pick up the needle and continue on. Right. And you feel better. You're like, okay, I'm going to just put a bandaid on it, whatever that looks like. And you'll continue on. And then you're going to hit, hit that skip again. There's going to come a time when it starts to skip. Well, what I do with EFT tapping and energy medicine is we take the record off and we put on a completely new record. Mm -hmm. So you're completely clearing the program and we're creating a new program. And that's what's happening when you're doing, when we're doing the tapping and the emotional clearing is mm -hmm. we're going in there and just, we are getting rid of that program that was 90% of the time created when we're children. Mm -hmm. Wow. It, that makes me think about um, concepts in, in, in yoga philosophy about how we create samskaras or, or patterns, you know, the idea that there, there are ways that we acquire truth and there are some things that are true and then there are some things that are stories. And, you know, if sometimes you have to completely rewrite the story, you know, you yeah. have to let go of whatever you know, version of a story you've been telling yourself and you ask yourself, is what I'm saying or is what I think I know actually true? Or is it a, a story that I've telling myself that I've just repeated so long that I believe it to be true, even though it's not? Absolutely. And that that is so important of a concept because when it comes to our energy body, our thoughts are electric, our emotions are magnetic and our words amplify. So like you said, when we are telling a story, our subconscious works through repetition. So every time you get up there and you say, I'm fat, I'm, I'm ugly, I'm, you know, whatever it is, I am dot, 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 you fill in the blank for you. You are creating repetition and the subconscious mind is creating momentum behind that. And when you create mm. momentum, then that becomes your reality, right? So everything that you are projecting out or amplifying speaking broadcasting you know out through your story is what you will be attracting you know back into your reality so I work a lot too with my clients on the law of attraction mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of fun you know it's really important to understand that like you said it's our it's our belief system that really limits us you know it's like it's like if you know when we worked at or work in organ and tissue donation there were some people that were totally 100% for it and some people that were totally 100% against it and sometimes when they were against it was because they had heard a story right mm -hmm. they had heard another person's story or maybe they had their own story mm -hmm. but that story was what was creating their belief system right mm -hmm. So I think it's so important to understand that, that when we say, if we say, 
I have diabetes, I have fibromyalgia, I have this, you are amplifying that and broadcasting that mm-hmm. out versus saying, I am healed, I am mm-hmm. healing, I am, I am healthy. And there's a great documentary out there called Heal, H-E-A-L. And it talks a lot about this. A man had hurt his spine in a pretty severe accident. And all he could do was sit in his chair or his wheelchair. And the doctors told him he would never heal, but it was in his mind. He said he envisioned himself walking again. He envisioned himself healthy and he did, he did. And now he's walking and he's healthy. And a lot of it is that mind over matter. Mm -hmm. When your mind is on board, your subconscious mind, then your body will be on board too. And I'm sure you, you know, working out and doing a lot of, you know, physical activity, sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's mind over matter. When you tell yourself you can do it, your body will respond in a positive way. Yeah. And and that's a a great first start. And, and we all know that not everyone's story ends the same, but if you've already told yourself from the beginning of that journey, what won't happen, then it won't because you've already told yourself that it won't. And that means that you haven't even given it an opportunity to happen because you shut it down from the beginning. And, and you know, I like what you, you, you talked about in terms of, um, you know, electric and, and magnetic. We, for, we forget, people often forget, you know, when you start talking about electrical and chemical processes in the body, it, it's amazing how often people either forget or don't know when you start saying using words like energy to a lot of people, it sounds very sort of um, like you said, woo woo. But when you really get down to the science of it, there are chemical and electrical processes that are happening in our body every single moment of the day. And to be reminded of that and, and, and how you can use various types of treatment to move the body from disease to recovery or from injury to healing, I would imagine that considering the intricate ways in which our body uses chemical and and electrical uh, mechanisms, there's a lot of different ways to treat those things when our body encounters disease or trauma or injury. There Um, is. And and there's very simple things that you can do, like getting out in the sunshine. Vitamin D is one of the most crucial, you know, minerals, nutrients that the human body needs. So the earth puts off a natural frequency called the Schumann resonance. It's roughly 7.83 Hertz usually. Now it has been fluctuating a lot recently, but the human brain is actually the same brainwave state as the earth. So when we are sitting inside all the time, you know, in a hospital, you know, in nuclear medicine, or you're around all this artificial energy, artificial electromagnetic frequencies, If you are not getting out into nature and actually resetting your energy, you are out of whack. You are completely out of whack. And it's difficult because people don't always, now some people do, but not everybody sees your energetic system. If you could actually Mm -hmm. see someone's energetic system and you see this dark, mucky black, you know, black around them, people would be like, I need to do something, you know, about this, but it makes it difficult when you can't always see it. But you can feel it, you you know, when you walk in a room and you can feel that maybe there was a, 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 you know, a a debacle going on, that, that that sort of unpleasant heaviness when you enter the room and you're like, what happened here before I arrived? Yeah. Yeah. And that is your clairsentience, right? That's the word where you walk in and you can just sense 
hmm, something isn't, I can feel the vibes, right? I can feel right. the vibes. And so, you know, there was a scientist named Nikola Tesla, which they don't, you know, not a lot of people, you know, talk about him in history books, but he talked about if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of vibration, frequency, and energy. And we are, as humans, a part of this universe, you know? So it's important for us to also understand we have an energetic system and it's, it's crucial. It's a yeah. crucial in keeping it clean and healthy and vibrant. And one of the easiest things you can do is get outside, get outside, put your bare feet on the ground. There's an excellent documentary called earthing that I think it's on Netflix or Amazon prime, but it was a study done by, a, I think they were in Alaska and there was a little town and there was a lot of people who were sick. And so this man had put together um, an earthing or a grounding mat that actually just plugged right into your grounding, you know, in your, in your plug, in your house. And then he would encourage people to get outside and just lay on the grass, put your bare feet on the grass. And what he began to notice is that people began to heal. They began mm -hmm. to heal. So what was happening is their energetic system was becoming more in tune with, with the earth. And I think as, as a species, we've kind of pulled away, you know, yeah. from nature. Yeah. And it's really important to just get yourself outside, get to, especially yeah. with this quarantine going on, oh, yeah. you know, get yourself outside and just sit in the sun. It was really easy for us in Florida. I could drive to work and I know, right? <laughs> you know, and when <laughs> I, when I hear you, you talk about earthing, it takes me back to when I was a kid and, and, um, growing up in South Florida, one of my favorite things I used to love to do is, um, bare feet in the grass. And, yep. you know, sometimes I just lay out in the grass and, you know, just that sort of feeling of, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's something about, you know, just taking off your shoes and getting in the yard and just, you know, hanging out. So it's amazing that as children, we don't think of it as therapeutic. We're just out there having a good time. And as adults, it almost seems like we either, we become subconsciously skeptical of, what that nature has, can really easy. right right <laughs> that it, it's that, that it's that easy so um kids, we know we know right. we know without even knowing that we're we're we you know we're keeping ourselves healed and clear and you know but a lot of it is yeah it's just getting out there and and taking and, a walk on the beach or right. you know going for a walk outside they do something in japan called forest bathing mm -hmm. and they'll take corporations will actually take bus, you know, to bus everybody out to a forest for the day and they will just walk around and touch the trees and, and breathe in the fresh air and take in the sunshine. And they're noticing that the efficiency of their workers and their, their emotional well-being and their physical well-being is improving. And yeah. it's because they're doing these things like forest bathing. Yeah. Well, we were not designed, um, I, I strongly believe to, you know, sit in four walls all day, every day, you know, when you, and, and I, even when you mentioned vitamin D specifically, and, you know, for those of us who really have kind of been, you know, paying attention to COVID, um, there's been a lot of talk about the benefits of vitamin D supplementation as it pertains to, you know, how people respond, who become infected with COVID and how they recover. But, you know, there is a reason that our bodies create vitamin D from exposure to sunlight. Like that's, a real thing. So it, it just goes to show you that again, like you mentioned before, so much of what we need to not just exist, but to really thrive and to heal ourselves already exists in nature. And it doesn't mean that there is not a place for other types of treatments or modalities, but it, it means that 
it just gives us an idea of all of the things that we can consider when our bodies encounter or our, our, our um, not just our physical person, but also our emotional person and our psychological person when we encounter trauma or illness that it just opens your mind up to all of the things that you could use to, to, to work through whatever those challenges might be. Absolutely. And I, I think it's so important. And you look at different cultures and how they have done this for many, many centuries, like specifically the Native American culture, they do a practice where after they've lost someone or they're grieving or going through sadness, they'll actually lay on their chest on the ground and allow the earth to take their, you know, that heavy burden or those emotions away. So you know, as different as a society, we, I feel like we have, we've kind of pulled away from that. And it's so, you know, how you feel after you go on vacation, you go to the beach, you've been, you know, you've been swimming and on the sand and relaxing and just chilling out. You feel like a million bucks. It's because you are, you know, you're connecting again with the earth, you're connecting with, with nature and, and getting in that sunlight and, and vitamin D. And it's funny, I had a friend who lived in Florida and he had told me that he had a vitamin D deficiency. And he was so surprised by that because he lived in Florida and you think being in the sun, you know, mm-hmm. would, would, would benefit that. But he's like, I'm never outside. I'm always inside. I, I'm a, you know, I do, um, he was doing computer science work, you mm-hmm. know, and I said that that's it. That's your key. Yeah. You know, you need to get outside and get some sunlight. And if you can't get sunlight, like you said, take a supplement, you know, I right. take anywhere between 5,000 to 10,000 milligrams of vitamin mm-hmm. D, depending on the season, you know? Right. And that was one thing I noticed when I moved from Florida to uh, Washington state. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know I had to take vitamin D. And right. I noticed I started to get a little depressed, like that yeah. seasonal affective disorder. And my right. dad said, it's time to take vitamin D. Well, I did. And within a few days, I was back to my normal, positive, uplifting self, you know? Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Let's, so you moved from Florida to Washington State, right? And I, I, I have to be honest, two things. I have loved watching your journey on social media because your photos are absolutely spectacular of all of the places you've been and the sites that you've seen. And number two, I'm jealous because I wish that my cats were as amenable to car rides as yours <laughs> is. I have one that he just pitches a fit. We could drive, you know, 10 minutes to the vet and dude is like crying, like somebody's trying to kidnap him. Um, I, and, I, have and, a, I have a few natural remedies for that. I actually just <laughs> offered them to a friend. <laughs> You know, there. That when you talk about the idea of um, exchanging being an employee for entrepreneurship, talk to me. And 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 let me. I'm going to put my disclaimer out there. There is nothing wrong with having a job. It's honorable. There's nothing wrong with earning. You know, an, an honest living in whatever way that you choose to. But one of the things that I have also heard repeatedly from all of the women that have been on my show um, about the freedom of sort of charting your own course. And, and, and I, I love the way that you have done it specifically. And for me, because of how it's like manifested visually in me seeing you ex- literally just exploring. And I remember um, when, I, when I really decided, I'm like, I gotta have Tanya on the show. Um, you look, you're radiant. Like you look happy. You look, and of course we life, we, it has its challenges. Do not get me wrong, but talk to, talk to us a little bit about the, how has your, your perspective shifted 
making this, the decision to leave work that you had done for so many years and to, to take a chance on yourself to do something that you believed in that was benefiting you, that you wanted to share with other people and the freedom that came with that. Absolutely. And, you know, when I worked in organ donation, I had some autonomy, you know, we definitely mm -hmm. had some when, when I worked in that and I loved that. I enjoyed that. And I knew I wouldn't be able to take a job where I had to sit in an office and have strict hours. And because I had that autonomy there and I, mm -hmm. I just loved that. So I had, um, there were several layers to my transition. So, and it, it was probably over the course of a year, year and a half when I began to just kind of start to transition. So I had created my business while I was still working in donation and I was taking clients after hours and on the weekends. So I was building my business on the side is really what was happening. And so for me, it got to a point where it was just a natural transition to kind of phase out of you know, working in donation and just starting to phase into my, my business. And when I went in to share that with my supervisor at the time, she was, she was just floored by it. Cause I didn't really share it with anybody. I was just kind of doing my thing. And it was like, I was living double lives. I mean, it was weird because <laughs> I had, I had my donation life, but I also had, you know, this, this other healing life going on. So I was meeting all these people and I was traveling to conferences on the weekends and, but it never conflicted. I never had a conflict. It was fun. It was rejuvenating for me mm -hmm. to do something new. And so as I did that, I knew deep down in my heart that Florida was not where I wanted to grow, you know, my business. And I always had it, a passion for the mountains and I had never even, uh, considered moving to what the Pacific Northwest. I mean, it was really not on my radar. If anything, I would move to North Carolina or, you know, somewhere like that. But I had got to a point where I said, you know what, Tanya, you need to just start traveling and find places that you have fun and you feel at peace at. So I planned a few trips. I went out to Utah. I went out to Idaho. I went out to Montana and I was like, all right, I'm feeling it out here. I mean, just the fresh air and the the, you know, that kind of living off the grid feeling mm -hmm. and just the beauty of it all. And so it was kind of funny because it, it came down to, um, you know, I, I had my business and I was getting ready to move. And it was about two weeks before my lease was up in Florida. And I still didn't know where I was going. I didn't, I, I hadn't found a place yet. I just knew, I knew intuitively that this was my path and I had to take that leap of faith. And so my friends had actually thought I was moving to Idaho because they threw me a potato party. <laughs> I love it. I love and it. I ended up moving to Spokane, Washington. So I lived there for a year and then I decided I actually really like Idaho. So then I ended up, you know, moving across the border, which is only like 30 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. away. So I live in Northern Idaho now and it, I couldn't be happier. And with this COVID, when COVID started to outbreak, a lot of people, we couldn't travel, we couldn't fly, we couldn't do things. So I said, you know, when I worked in donation, I was in my car. I, my whole car looked like a spa. I had right. essential oils diffusing. I had my spa music. I, you know, I was always riding around. So I just jumped in my car and started to really explore. And as I did that, I noticed I would be sitting there at a stream or a mountaintop or somewhere. And I would cry. I was like, I'm having emotions coming up. And I began to realize that as I traveled, I was healing myself. And as I began to heal myself, I began to share that journey and my story with others. And so, like you said, many people were living vicariously through, you know, me sharing that 
and just I, sharing the I, beauty. I am, I am many people. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a lot of friends saying that, like, these places that you're going are just breathtaking. And I said, I know, and I'm healing through this process. And so if there's one thing, and I am, I'm working with some friends, we're going to start doing some healing retreats up in Northern Idaho, we're working on some locations to be able to have these retreats where I can bring in a lot of different healers and different mode from different modalities. And so people can actually come and experience being in this beautiful wilderness and really doing the work because you're not going to get better if you don't start doing the work, you know, yeah. it's like, you gotta feel to heal. Yeah. And I was the classic case avoidance, avoidance of, I didn't want to cry. I wasn't a hugger. You ask all my friends and, and mm-hmm. donations to, I would do the side hug, you know, the <laughs> side hugger. But I knew when I hugged, I could, I, I could feel, I could feel my emotions. I could feel their yeah. emotions. And I didn't want to break that barrier and cry because I was working in such a heavy environment. So all, it was, I was like a pressure cooker, you know, all those emotions I was holding in. And then at some point I'm like, gosh, I got my body screaming. You've got to let go of this, Tanya. You've got to let go. So the last two years of my, yeah, my journey were just letting that stuff out. And, 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 and you sure played a huge role. <laughs> and, and you think about where we are now um, and, and what last year was like. And, um, you know, this sort of collective grief that we've been feeling, not just as a nation, but as a world. And to, you know, you, I, I um, had a meeting at work yesterday with some folks that um, half the people, it was a small group, but half the people in the room had lost um, a, a first degree relative to COVID. And um, one talked about, um, you know, having to watch her, her mother take her last breath via FaceTime. And the idea of being disconnected and not being able to hug and not being able to grieve in the ways that we are accustomed to grieving, even gathering in person to celebrate someone's life and, um, you know, really developing a more deep appreciation for physical touch. And so, you know, I think about everything that you just said and how that comes full circle with what we've been experiencing collectively over the last year and how important all of those things are. Um, You know, the connections with other people, um, getting outside, you know, experiencing nature and life. And one of the things that that came out of um, the group that I was with yesterday was, you know, we could certainly focus on all of the the negative things that last year brought us, but there were also those things that we grew to appreciate time with our families, time to, I've never seen more people in my neighborhood take walks as a family, ride their bikes, walk their dogs, couples holding hands. I saw this shift even in my own community of folks just really reconnecting with the outside and reconnecting with one another. So and the interesting thing to hear you talk about being a side hugger, you are one of the most warm and welcoming people when I first started my job in Orlando. So to hear you say that is a jolt to my system because I would have never picked up on that in a million years. But I think it's so valid what you've just said about just just bringing it in and, and really fi- having physical contact with people. And I think last year has taught us how important that is to us as a species. So. I agree. And I personally went through a loss. My grandmother passed away back in September and my dad went through that. She was in the nursing home and he had to say goodbye to her through a window. And I can see the grief in him now because of that. You know, even though she was 91 years old, she lived a fantastic life. 
it still was difficult to not be able to say goodbye in a way that was you know, closure and meaningful. And I, I had shared with my dad, cause you know, working with grieving families, oftentimes the person passing needs, wants permission. They want permission mm-hmm. that it's okay to go. So I had told my dad to share that with her, say, you know what? It's, it's okay. We're going to be yeah. okay. It's time to go. And within six hours she had passed. So, wow. you know, for us, I, yes, going through that personally. And I do, I feel like we are going through a global reset, you know, so to speak, we are disconnecting to reconnect in a different way. So we're disconnecting from that. You know, I heard that terminology, the matrix, right. Mm -hmm. That you get on that hamster wheel and you just, you know, you, you get into this routine where you get up and you do the same things every day. And then you work Monday through Friday, and then you're off on the weekend. We look forward to two days off and then we're back at it Monday through Friday. And I didn't want to accept that anymore. I just was like, you know what? I want to be able to have a Tuesday be a Saturday, you know? I, I, and I love that when you said the freedom mm-hmm. when it comes to owning your own business and working. I do. I set my schedule. And if there's a day I don't want to see clients, then I can mark it off. And then if I, you know, need to work a little harder, it is what it is, you know? And and the nice thing about mine is it's all remote. So I can kind of, as long as I have Wi-Fi, I can kind of be anywhere. And I love that. And it's so rewarding. And I get to meet so many different people and I get to meet people from all over the world. A lot of my clients I've had, as long as I speak English, you know, I can understand mm-hmm. it, but you know, a lot of them, you know, Russia, Estonia, I mean, it's just kind of fun to meet a lot of these different people. And we are the creators of our reality. And I think if that's one thing I can emphasize, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm 43 years old. I did all of this transition. It's like, I turned 40 and this light bulb came on and I said, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't, I don't want to live this hustle and bustle and this grind and on autopilot all the time. And, you know, working for the system, I want to do something on my own terms Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to do it for me and to be able to help others too. And so that's kind of where I decided I wanted to pave my own path. And don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. Believe me. I mean, there's days when it's tough. You got to motivate yourself and you got to get out there and you got to keep putting yourself out there. But then there's also the the benefits of it too, is that you can not have that stress of that. I don't feel that Monday morning stress anymore. Like I used to that Sunday night, you're, you know, Oh, Monday, I got to go back to work tomorrow. I don't feel that anymore because awesome. I look forward to what I'm doing. And I, you know, a lot of people say, well, I, I can't do what you do or I can't, but you can, it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's a choice. I, I quit, I quit a very stable job. I was making very good money. I upped and moved from one state all the way across the country, you know, the country by myself with my two cats. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if people say I'm fearless, maybe that's it. I don't know. But I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely scared. And I know my family was scared too when I did it, but it was also exciting. You you aren't going to, you aren't going to be able to change unless you take that first step. And you may not see the whole staircase. Believe me, I I still don't see the staircase, but I see that step in front of me and intuitively, if it feels good, then I, then I take that step. I love that. I love that so, so, so much. So tell, tell us where can we find you online and where can we find you on social media? Absolutely. So my website is www.thesoulcafe.org. 
and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel called The Soul Cafe, and you can find those right off of my website as well. And like I said, I recently have gotten certified in the Beyond Quantum Healing Hypnosis, which is very new to me, and it is, but it is so transforming for people to be able to get into the subconscious mind and to really figure out what is the block, you know, what, what is blocking you from healing, whatever that looks like, you know, maybe you're an athlete and you're having some performance issues, or, you know, maybe you're having some pain in the body. The quantum healing hypnosis can really go deep in there. And the neat thing is you come up with the questions, you come up with the questions. So when I go in and we, we go into the hypnosis, you're guiding it really. So it's really and so, cool. and so if folks want to learn more about you and um, the various ways that you can help them work through whatever it is that they've got going on, the soul cafe.org yep. and the same name, the soul cafe for your YouTube channel and all of your social media. Yes. As well. And Facebook is the soul cafe. My, my Instagram is perk up underscore the soul cafe. So okay. yeah. And, and I've got links on, on my website. So if you just go straight to my website, you'll be able to find yeah, the other channels. Perfect. I cannot tell you how amazing it was to talk to you. This was uh, not just an, um, an awesome, energizing conversation, but I think just so timely for, for where we are in the world and for the time that, that we're in. And I wish you more success than you could ever imagine. And I, of course, will be watching um, you and your kitties as you, you know, continue on your journey. Maybe your cats can teach my cats how to appreciate a car ride. I don't know. Well, my, my one cat, unfortunately, during the COVID crisis, I lost, I lost one of them too. But yeah, so I will say there's two things that I use. It's called uh, feel away comfort zone is a wonderful thing that you can spray on their stuff and you can use Bach flower remedies too in their water. And it just, it, it just helps chill them out, makes them happy. So I, I'm not doing it on my own. There's, there's some remedies there that I do use to get them to calm down. <laughs> that is good to know, because I'll tell you, Teddy and Dexter, they, they, Teddy's the worst. He's the one that's just and the whole drive. I'm like, bro, like you just got to hang in there. We'll be, we'll be there soon. So well, I drove four days and stayed in four hotels with my Oh my dad. goodness. Wow. Good. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much again. This was a, this was an awesome conversation and um, guys, you've been listening to press play with coach K and I'm so happy that you were able to join us today and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to press play with coach K inspiration for woman wellness entrepreneurs. Before you go hit that subscribe button. It won't cost you a thing. Also, be sure to drop us a comment and let us know what's on your mind. Thanks so much for listening.